0: Welcome to another inspirational message from Pastor Ron Hammonds, Senior Pastor of Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Southeast Texas. We're so glad you're joining us. For more information about Golden Triangle Church on the Rock Ministries, visit our website, cotr.com. Enjoy the word. Tonight we're going to continue our study to see how God does help. We're going to continue our study of the miraculous, and tonight we're going to specifically, in part three, talk about testimonies, offerings, and prescriptions. Should I say prescriptions? Is it okay if I say prescription? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go for it, Sam. I'm going to go prescription, okay? Forgive me right now if things like that bother you, but I was born in the country. Okay, I was, uh, you know... Uh, I was born uh, when, when I was born. Tell you how how it was. I uh, I had never even been to school. I couldn't speak English, and uh, didn't have a pair of shoes. Yeah, so <laughs> I'm reaching way back there. God bless all of you that are still watching. You know, thank you, thank you so much. Uh, uh, tonight we're going to continue in Second Kings chapter four, and um, uh, testimonies, offerings, and and prescriptions what are we talking about what am i talking about well you know have you ever heard somebody's testimony have you ever heard somebody say that they did something that worked for them you know i mean we see this a lot especially in the weight loss world something worked i lost 10 pounds in 10 days well, tell me about it. Well, all I did is I didn't eat between 6 o'clock in the evening and, 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 you know, 2 o'clock the next day. And in 10 days, I lost 10 pounds. You watch people will run and start trying to do that very thing. Because a testimony moves people. Hello? Yeah. Sometimes people do stuff just because they heard somebody else did it and it worked. Those, that's the power of a testimony. And, 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 and the Bible says that that's the way it is. Testimonies are powerful. You know, and they work in just about everything. If somebody wants to do something, often you know, if you're uh, you know, if, if if you're like quite a number of people, you might go on the Google. And the interweb might tell you. You know, what other people say about this investment. What other people say about this place you want to go and see. Testimonies, we call them reviews. But testimonies will move you to go to a restaurant and eat or to drive off before you ever get out of the car. Testimonies, they're powerful. And that's the way God intended it. And God intends for people to be moved by our testimony. Our testimony about Jesus. Our testimony about miracles. Our testimony about you know, uh, how God moved in our life. How God saved our family. You know, uh, uh, testimony. Each one of you has a testimony. You know, many times whenever I'm in a counseling session with more than one person, I will get to the critical point to say, listen, why don't you Tell the rest of us how you got born again, how you came to know Jesus Christ. Do you know just the power of that testimony often breaks down the barriers and the hurdles to to a fruitful relationship and opens up, you know, channels of love and and admiration and appreciation and just a brand new look at someone once you hear their testimony, what they went through to get to where they are, you know, uh, there's a power in a testimony. Well, at other times, we get our own ideas. We didn't hear anybody say anything. We get our own ideas about what might work. You know, I started writing a book a few years ago. I finally abandoned it because it, uh, I just didn't have time to do it. It was called The Seven-Bite Diet. Yeah. I got the foreword down. You know, there's one reason and one reason only why, uh, you know, the, uh, the gastric bypass and those kinds of things are the number one weight loss, uh, uh, desire, you know, used in 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 in, uh uh, desired in the world i will say this was my forward because they work hello and not only do they work uh, but all they do is just portion control so I put together a thought of a seven-bite diet, and I had a couple of my sisters that are you know, uh, uh, probably watching tonight uh, try it out for me. It's been several years ago. And, and, and seven bites of anything you want, this was not aimed at helping anybody get better. It was not aimed at anything other than making me money. That's all I aimed this at. And, uh, and uh, so I thought it was a wonderful idea that would sell good. And sure enough, it works. You can have seven bites of anything you want. And then wait two hours between the next seven bites. You can eat ice cream. It doesn't matter. You don't have to exercise. You don't have to drink water. You don't have to do anything else. The seven-bite diet works. And so I started writing it, and I I did a very little research, but enough research that I could say I did research. And it was all aimed at sales. And there was a guy in, 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 uh, in, in Dallas, and he may be watching tonight. I won't call his name. He's an investor. And, and uh, he went on a mission trip with me and was asking me about it. And I told him about it. And he wanted to invest and pay, and, and pay for it because he wanted a part of the profits. Because he said, man, this thing works. It worked for me. I tried it. I, and and it, it, it was wonderful. You know? uh, you know, but it was my own idea. Sometimes we come up with our own ideas. Sometimes we come up with something, you know, we don't hear a testimony, but we decide, you know, if I were to do this, if I were to do that, if I were to do this with my money, if I were to do this on my house, if I were to, you know, uh, go out and, and, and uh, you know, if I'm going to sell my house, if I would just re-landscape it. Now, you might hear somebody say, I re-landscape my house, and I got another $6,000 for it, you know. That, that, that might be true. But you might just come up with an idea on your own. And what you're doing is you're offering it, as something that might work. It's an offering. We do that with, uh, with God from time to time. Sometimes we hear a testimony, like the little woman, you know, the little woman who, who, who is in the, uh, in, in the story of Jesus in the town of Capernaum, this, this woman who had had trouble for, for years. She had spent all that she had, and she hadn't grown any better, but she'd rather gotten worse. The Bible says when she heard of Jesus... Now she heard about Jesus. She heard he would heal. She heard a testimony somewhere. She heard that he had power in his in, in and if he wanted to he could heal you. You know, she heard good things about him. But she came up with this on her own. Because the Bible said that she said to herself, "Hmm, what could I do? Well, if I could just get close enough, To touch the hem of his garment. Because nobody would have told her to do that because she wasn't supposed to be in crowds. She came up with this idea and that was her offering. That was what she was giving to the equation. That's what she was going to try and and to see if it worked. And indeed it worked for her. Sometimes our offerings work. Sometimes what we come up with works. Sometimes what we hear other people do works. But whenever something that we come up with works, we will make a testimony out of it. We'll start telling other people about it. I can remember whenever Tina, my niece sitting right there, whenever she wanted, uh, she and Jeff wanted to have a baby and basically they couldn't. I won't go into all the details, but it was, you know, seven years, you know. And it was a long time of trying and going to doctor after doctor and going, you know, on and 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 surgery after surgery and and uh, you know uh, disappointment after disappointment after disappointment after disappointment and just went on and on and on and on and on. And one of the things that she kind of disliked was testimonies. Hello, somebody would tell her. In fact, oh, she jumped on me at one point because I was giving her a testimony of Abraham. How that 25 years he believed God. Whoa, boy! She jumped up. She said, ain't gonna be no 25 years, you know. I, you know, sometimes testimonies is not what you want to hear. You know, hello, y'all ever feel that way? Yeah, it's real. It's real when you're in the middle of something. It's real whenever you know uh, you're, you're 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 believing God for something and, and 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 you want it and you and and and, and so uh, she and 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 Jeff. The final equation was, you know, sorry, ain't gonna happen. You know, it's just not. It's just not going to happen. That's. Uh, I'll leave it laying right there. Jeff and Tina, uh, they can tell you the whole story. But that was where it was. And you know what we did? We had a young man in our church at that time that was uh, the son of our our children's pastor, uh, and and he was sick. Uh, we don't know what it was. I, I, I don't know what it was, but he had to be over at Texas Children's and, uh, and, and had to end up having a trach. And, and uh, it, 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 it didn't look good at all. And, uh, and so we decided that what we wanted to do as a church was do everything we could. Now, I never heard of anybody that wasn't according to a testimony it was just what we came up with. It was an offering to God. And so we set aside what we called seven weeks of selfless sacrifice. That sounded good, kind of rolls off like the seven bite diet. You know, anything that's kind of catchy you know, encourages people. Seven weeks of selfless sacrifice. And I, I, I preached about it, I told about it, I set us up for it. And we were going to enter into seven weeks of offering something to God. And the way we were going to do this is that every morning for seven weeks at 5.30 in the morning, we were all going to get together and pray for Travis. We were all going to get together and pray for whatever else we needed in our lives. And so for seven weeks, we got together. At 5.30 in the morning, you talking about seven weeks of selfless sacrifice. It was our offering to God. You know, we didn't, uh, God didn't say do it. We didn't hear that anybody else did it, and it worked for them. It was our offering to God. Do you know in that seven weeks, that young man got healed? Praise God. Wonderful young man today. You know, uh, just, just uh, you know, tremendous. Uh, praise God. But also... In calculating it, do you know what Tina and Jeff decided they would do? They decided that they were going to make this offering to God and ask God to do a miracle in their life. We calculated on the seventh week, that last week, like dipping seven times in the River Jordan. It didn't happen until the seventh. It didn't happen, but but uh uh how old is 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 uh is shelby now 30 years old now that young lady that was born after the seven weeks of selfless sacrifice pregnancy happened and here we are an offering to god you know i i I don't know sometimes we hear a testimony sometimes we make an offering and sometimes we receive a prescription from god now quite frankly i'd much rather get a prescription i'd much rather have god say do this you know uh i can remember you remember the the, the prescription we received about russia we were sitting in a bennegan's i believe it was in reserve louisiana i think that's correct I don't remember how many years ago it was. Ryan probably remembers because uh, uh, his dad and him and his family were the ones that ended up making that uh, come to pass. But I was sitting there and I said, Ken, God just spoke to me. <laughs> it was thirty 31 years ago or so. And... He said, well, you know, what do he say? I said, God told me to build a church in Russia, start a church in Russia, and that people from our church were going to go and we were gonna that we were gonna have a pastor from our church go, and the man that was there with us who was a part of of of, of a, a, a movement uh, uh, that ended up doing a number of churches in Russia, he said, Oh yeah, well, that's great, you know, and uh, and he you know, he just thought light of it because, you know, it kind of patting us on the back saying, Oh, that's sweet and that's nice, because I mean I mean." You know, we didn't know what we were doing, and and Ken said, "No, you don't understand." He said he heard from God. We got a prescription from God, so you know we we did exactly what God said do. And now, you know, we we just had our thirtieth anniversary, and uh, and uh, me and Ryan are looking at maybe getting over there here this next or this year, and uh, and seeing if God will open up that door. We've been invited uh, for for more than one thing there, but. You know, sometimes you get a prescription. You know, I can remember. There was a, a man in our community in Bowie County who had en- ended up, uh, I won't tell the whole story, but, but he shot another man. And uh, shot him in the back, killed him. And uh, I was on my way to... At that time, it was East Texas State University. I was on my way in a little Volkswagen that I had just put a, swapped out an engine in. you know, Driving down the road and, and that Volkswagen, when I swapped the engines out, I, I didn't put all the, 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 the covers back on there. All those plastic shrouds that channel the air in the right direction so your engine cools off right. And that number three cylinder, if you've ever done anything with these things, it gets a little hotter. And so uh, sure enough, you know, that thing heated up. And I had to pull off on the side of the road on Highway 67, and I went back, and I was just opened it up, and I was just going to let the wind blow through it for a little while so we'd cool that engine down so I could get on, you know, go on to the to, to, to my class. And, and uh, uh, so I, I was kneeling down behind that Volkswagen, had the back of it raised up and everything, and it smelled like oil. I wasn't that good of a mechanic, but... but <laughs> But I could swap those Volkswagen engines out uh, blindfolded. And, and, and so it was cooling off. And I heard the Lord speak to me. And the Lord said, go to the county jail and talk to him and tell him that I want him. Now, that's a pretty good prescription. I want him and I want him now. So I got up from there and I went and I drove by that young man's mother's house and I said to his mother she was a was a a woman that belonged to a to a church of God there in the community she was a wonderful praying Pentecostal woman and uh, uh, and 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 I said to her listen the Lord spoke to me and told me to go see your son is there anything you want me to tell him she said tell him I love him and I'm praying for him I said okay I said the Lord wants him and wants him now so I drove to the county jail and the county jail people said, you can't, you, you can't see him, you know. And I had to go away from the window, and I went back, and I said, I want to see so-and-so. And they said, you can't see him. I said, I want to see him. They said, you don't understand. You can't see him. And something come over me because I had a prescription that I said to them, no, you don't understand. Jesus Christ sent me here to see him. Jesus wants him, and he wants him now. I got loud. I thought, oh, my goodness, I'm going to jail. And the guy that was sitting at the desk, he, he backed up a little bit and he looked around and he asked one of the sheriff's deputies, would you go back there with him to see this guy? And took me back there, and right there through those bars, he prayed and received Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. I told him his mama loved him, and I told him that she was praying for him. And I mean, I'm talking about, and that's what I told him. When I walked up, I thought, Lord, what am I going to do? All I could say to him through those bars, you know, out in the middle of everybody else, was, Jesus wants you, and he wants you now. (laughs) He said, "Uh, You know, boy, let me tell you something prescriptions, I love prescriptions. Prescriptions work when you work them. You know, sometimes we make an offering. Sometimes the offering works, sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes we we hear testimonies. Sometimes, you know, taking someone else's prescription can help you, and sometimes it can hurt you. I don't recommend taking nobody's prescription, okay? But neither do I in spiritual matters. Just because it's a testimony of how someone else did it doesn't necessarily mean it'll be a testimony for you, that it'll work for you. Uh, we deserve a prescription from God um, and, and, it, and, and if we don't have one, the best we can do is, 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 is make a reasonable offering to God even based upon the testimonies of others and just, just just present ourselves at the mercy of God at His throne. Uh, that's the way this little woman in, in 2 Kings 4 she, she didn't know what else to do. Let's Begin and we'll pick up where we left off. We've gotten through verse 1 and 2. And so uh, in 2 Kings 4, reading from the New King James Version, uh, the Bible says, A certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha, saying, Your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that your servant feared the Lord, and the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves. Now she's presenting a problem here. You know, this is, this is evidently, uh, it, it didn't just happen. Uh, you know, she's evidently been trying to do what she can because now it's to the point to where it's not just a letter of demand. It's not just a your blade on a bill. Now they are coming to foreclose. Now they are on their way to actually, you know, uh, actuate uh, their contract to get a payment in the form of, of indentured servitude. And, and, and to take her sons. So, so the prophet Elisha, he said to this woman, Well, what shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? And she said, Your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. Now, we got that far over the last two weeks. We're in part three. If you've missed some of that that sets us up for what you hear tonight, please go back. You can look at the notes. They're on EZ sermons. E-Z sermons.com or you can uh, you know, uh, go to C-O-T-R or Church Online or our C-O-T-R app. Got the little red house on it and you can uh, rewatch this. Uh, but we laid some important foundation down here. You know, um, here uh, you know, this, this man that died, he evidently didn't expect to die. He, he did not prepare. For his family after their death. After his death. He, and, and all of a sudden it's a surprise. Sometimes we can be served a surprise. And we don't know what to do. You know it wasn't that God didn't care. It's that this woman was left in a real dilemma. And she didn't know what to do. And so uh, the prophet Elisha. Evidently, she trusted, because her husband was also uh, uh, in that same uh, ministry. Evidently, she trusted what her husband said. She trusted this prophet. And so, in going to the prophet in that day is just like us going to God today. Because the Holy Spirit had not been given as it has today today. You know, there was no real direct connection to God. You went to God through someone else, through a mediator, through, uh, through a prophet in this case. Whereas Jesus declared that He is the mediator, there is one mediator now between God and man. It's not a priest. It's not a preacher. It's not your mama, not your daddy. It doesn't matter. They may give good advice, but God has no grandchildren. He has a direct relationship with every one of His children. But in this day, she needed to go to God, and the prophet was the door in that day. And so she comes to the prophet Elijah, and the prophet says, well, what do you have? We talked about it last week again. God demands that we participate in our miracles. Okay, there, is, there, there is something that he wants us to do. And so uh, we'll, uh, you know, uh, we'll begin in verse 3 for tonight. Uh, then the prophet said to this woman, Go, borrow vessels from everywhere... "...from all your neighbors, empty vessels, do not gather a few." Now here is the first of the prescription that He is going to give her. You see, each step in this miracle is essential for success of this miracle. You know, uh, each time God tells us something to do, it is important that we do what He says do. Prescriptions from God are like recipes for success. You know, uh, uh, sometimes we hear a testimony and we try it. Sometimes we come up with the best that we have and we just offer it to God. Here's my offering, Lord. Here's my sacrifice. Here's my offering. But sometimes we hear a word or or, or we read a word and, and we say, oh my goodness, that's for me. That, that comes off the page. That hits my heart. This is how I get over uh, grief. This is how I get through worry. This is how, you know, uh, it, it's right there on the page. You know, Philippians 4, 6. Don't worry about anything, but pray about everything. Tell God what you want, and then thank Him for all that He has done. That is a recipe to deal with worry. That is a recipe that we can use. It's not just a testimony. It's not a testimony of what Zacchaeus did, Okay. We don't, you know, but it is a recipe because we are being told to do this. We are told to love one another. We are told that that, that that when we love one another, others will know that we love Jesus when we love one another. Wow. There's a recipe. There is a prescription for us to follow. And, and many of the proverbs are prescriptions for us to follow. They're written for our admonition. The Bible is not just a history book, the Bible is a road map. And so there are many prescriptions that when we read them, when we hear them preached, uh, more than just a testimony of what God did in someone else's life, uh, even greater than an offering of, Lord, here's what we will try to do. But God gives us a recipe. He gives us a prescription. He gives us hope. He can, it, it can just be weighed upon the Lord. It can be, uh, you know, have patience. And then you're left with, how in the world do I get more patience to wait on God? Well, patience is a fruit of the Spirit. You know, I mean, we can go on and on in understanding how god is doing his part to make us successful in the endeavors that he has for us in 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 this life well this 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 woman step by step she's given step by step instructions she's given this recipe and each one of the things that she is told to do each one of these is critical to the overall outcome. Uh, leave one step out from the prescribed uh, instructions and uh, it will alter the outcome. You know, uh, God said, Noah's going to rain. Well, okay. So what? Noah, build a boat. Okay. What's a boat? <laughs> Go for wood. You know, bring it back, put pitch on the inside and pitch on the outside and make a little window this big and make it this long and make it this tall and make it this wide. And I mean, God gave him directions. Do you know if he had just left one of those steps out? It could have been a critical failure. When God gives us Prescriptions. He intends for us to take these step by step and to complete each one of them. And and and, and so here, uh, in in order, you know, uh, uh, to to look at what he says, uh, the the first thing he said to her is go. I mean, get up and get involved. Do you know? Go and do are are uh, are, are the most often required ingredients for success. Go and do. You know you. If you don't go and do, it's probably not going to happen in your life. You know, that's, that's just the way it works. And, and so here God is demanding that she participates. Go. Two-thirds of God is go. Get up. Rise. You know, how many times, uh, you know, uh, he who seeks me early will find me. There, then, then you need to seek him. And you need to seek him as early in the situation as possible. Not as a last-ditch effort. It's not, oh, my goodness, let's pray. Has it come to this? You know, it's it's less engaged God early. There are many reasons why people do not prefer to go or do. Mostly because it makes you tired. That's the reason I don't exercise. It makes me tired. Yeah. There are a lot of reasons why people don't go and do. And uh, as I said, most of the time is because it requires effort. And it requires that you do it again. You do it again and you do it again. You know, uh, I love a garden. I don't like making one. You know, the pulling of the weeds and the having to water it and spraying of the bugs. And all, you know, I mean, come on now. But, uh, but, but effort is required. And when we go and do based upon God's word to us, we are demonstrating our faith by our works. That's a lot of the book of James. You know, show me your faith without your works, and I'll show you my faith by my works. Go and do. So here he's told her, go, and he said, borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbors. Now, uh, don't, uh, don't, you know, don't leave any vessel unturned. <laughs> <Okay>? <laughs> you know, uh, little ones, big ones. You know, get go, go, go and borrow vessels. Now. Uh, Remember this is a testimony. This is a description of what God told her. It's not a prescription for you, but we can see elements of the miraculous in this particular prescription that God gave her. We cannot know for certain why God required her to go and borrow vessels. I'm going to submit something to you from my imagination. This is not this is not solid word, but from my imagination and studying this for for the years I have studied it, it is easy for me to have a reasonable assumption that this woman May have had a problem with pride because she didn't just immediately, you know, do, uh, she's, she waited evidently fairly late in the game. Maybe it's because she didn't want to ask for help. Do you know, uh, uh, perhaps what, what God is doing here, perhaps for her, because I know it would certainly humble me if God told me to go to my neighbors and start borrowing things because I had a need. I mean, I, oh, I just almost won't tell nobody if I got a need. And, you know, um, and, and, and this may represent the fact that she may not even have went to God early enough. She could have gone to God. She could have went to God earlier. She could have uh, you know, humbled herself a little bit and let somebody in her world know that she had a need. Yeah, I, I can't tell you how many times I have found people with needs and I said well did you let anybody know well nobody came by did you let anybody know no I didn't want to let anybody know okay come on humble yourself a little bit and perhaps that's why I don't know but I do know that God does resist the proud and and so don't be afraid to ask him for help perhaps the requirement as i said to borrow vessels had something to do with something she needed god often not only gives us a miracle but he fixes us on the way to it he you know our prayers to god don't necessarily move god more often they move us into the place where where god's provision always was you know uh, that's how happens many times Uh, And also, can you imagine her going to her neighbor? you imagine her going to her next door neighbor and say, listen, could I borrow that vessel? Could I borrow that one? Could I borrow that one? Hey, you got one out in your backyard. Could I borrow that? Don't you imagine that a neighbor would say, hey, listen, uh, Lucille, why do you want these vessels? Why are you wanting to borrow these empty vessels? Don't you imagine she would have to say, well, uh, mm, uh, well, God told me, oh no, she's about to have to make a faith statement. She's about to have to make a confession. She's about half. She's she's about in a place where God most likely is going to put her in a predicament where she is going to have to say something about her faith, something about her need, but something about how God is going to meet that need. And 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 many times our faith statements before the fact not only work for us in encouraging us and building us up, but it works for so many people that hear us say, "God is going to see me through. God is going to help me. God's going to be there for me. God told me." that everything's going to be all right. God, God, God has shown me. You know how many times that that is an overwhelming testimony to others that, that, that we believed it before we saw it. And I think that God has a, has, has a value in putting us in those situations from time to time. And you may notice that, that he said, uh, uh, go and borrow vessels you know, uh, from everywhere and from your neighbors and, 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 and uh, empty vessels. Why empty vessels? Well, because who would want to borrow a full vessel? There is such potential in an empty vessel. There is such potential. You know, every full vessel has reached its potential. A full vessel uh, cannot handle anything else. A full vessel needs to pour out some, you know. And, you know, every time you come here and get full, I hope you're empty by the time you get back here. I hope you poured it out and gave it away. Don't beat yourself up because you go to work every day and you come home tired, so tired that you got to pray. So tired that you got to get in the word. So frustrated, aggravated, irritated that you got to get close to God and get recharged. Don't don't beat yourself up because you need recharging. It just means when you're out there in the world, you are pouring out, you're charging others. We should come back to the battery charger. We should come back to the infilling. There is such potential in an empty vessel it can be filled a full vessel cannot be filled it is full does that make sense God loves empty vessels we should be you know in 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 need of being filled and he said don't just gather a few uh, I'll be closing tonight uh, quickly on this one so get this one quickly this is where God took the limits off and gave the woman uh, the, the key to a miracle one, one size fits all. And not only will a miracle bless you, but a miracle is intended to be a greater blessing than just meeting your need. Don't borrow a few. Don't just gather a few. You know, uh, she could gather all the empty vessels she wanted. Uh, the, the sky was the limit. You know, uh, the instructions that God gave her gave her an opportunity to to imagine her miracle, imagine what she would do if God did this for her. What what could God do if he touched this moment? And, and, uh, you know, God is always thinking bigger than we are thinking. God is always thinking bigger than we are thinking. We are thinking about my need for this moment. God was thinking about not only her need and everybody else's need, but her need for a long time. We'll see that as we go further into this. God wants to meet your need today. It, it might be a, a miraculous thing. And you know, most likely you can find a testimony or, uh, a, or a prescription in the Word of God for what you're needing. You know, testimonies. Testimonies will inspire us and motivate us to make an offering to God, to do something. To, to do something, okay, you know, it's like somebody's testimony about losing ten pounds. It will inspire you and motivate you, you know. And you may not do it just like they did it, but you may do it because of the inspiration and the motivation because it worked for them. And and you might be making an offering to God, you know, from the inspiration of someone's story that you have read, some testimony that you have read or heard. Uh, uh, God is always thinking bigger, I said, than than, than we are thinking, and. God has a plan to meet your need, and He has a plan to meet it in abundance. Okay? So have faith in your offerings. uh, You know, allow testimonies to inspire you, and for goodness sake, follow the prescriptions for a good marriage, for what to do with your money, for what to do with your time, your talent. Follow the prescription.